Hey guys, welcome to the Musician's Guide. We are on episode five and I'm so pumped to talk about social media today. I feel like it's like the most millennial topic ever, um, but it's actually something that I talk a lot about with my artists. Uh, so I first want to start with three myths that I get all the time and I know my emerging artists are just going to roll their eyes um, and then I'm going to give you just very basic strategy on how to use social media to your advantage. Welcome to the Musician's Guide to Being Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. Every week, we have music industry professionals and top performers share their insights on thriving as a modern musician. Whether you're a recent grad or high-profile artist, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Karen Kubides, CEO of Kubides Artist Services, marketing and management consultant, educator, and professional saxophonist based in Nashville, Tennessee. So first, I want to start with my own social media story because um, three years ago, I literally saw social media as like the most annoying monster, Um, this place where everybody shares pictures from their food, their babies, their engagement, like all these inspirational quotes. And it was just so annoying. Um, So I kind of like was starting to embrace the times because a lot of my, especially management clients, you know, were really starting to focus on social media and, you know, Facebook bought Instagram and all this stuff. And we started seeing um, social media platforms go out of existence and others gain popularity. Like, you know, Snapchat used to be like the thing. And then Instagram started coming out with, uh, you know, the Instagram stories and the lives and the HDTV. And all of a sudden, Snapchat is not as popular. And, you know, so I was like, okay, let's try and figure this out. Um, so I started researching like why young professionals were getting all these masterclasses and performance opportunities while someone in a major orchestra couldn't even get, you know, a paid engagement outside of their respective cities. Um, I started looking at why amazing college professors, you know, had international reach when it came to booking engagements and, you know, pedagogical masterclasses, but they weren't really paying what I thought they should. And then also trying to figure out um, why, you know, my generation, the millennial generation was just completely making money and taking social media by storm and kind of like, what were they doing differently that, you know, traditional marketing wasn't Um, or how had this evolutionized and, you know, as artists, how could we potentially use this to our advantage? Um, So at this point I was, you know, getting followers from my clients and, you know, I started thinking, well, you know, I should probably start developing my own credibility. And seriously, young professionals, if there's anything you need to do besides practice your instrument is establish credibility. Um, I always like to refer to this quote um, by Tony Robbins, where he says that humans, we overestimate how much we can do in one calendar year, and we underestimate how much we can do in a decade. Um, So I always like to think about my marketing and my credibility journey as this thing that I don't have to do overnight but that I should really get started on because if I look back, the experience and um, you know the internships and the research and all the stuff that I've done in the previous five years of my career have given me this new insight on what I'm doing today. So back to social media. I want to share how I went from zero followers <laughs> to 10,000 in one calendar year. And it really wasn't super crazy. Um, I know it sounds like, oh, I must have posted every day and had all these videos and all these pictures. Um, I mean, sure, I was a little bit more strategic about how I build my brand and, you know, what my brand meant and all this stuff. But the reality is 
it was a period of my time, the, the last year where I built the, the following, that I was actually open and vulnerable with people. I was really honest about who I was, what I was doing with my career, where in my where was my career journey at that point, um, and what I was actually experiencing. Um, I also found that in some weird way, it kind of liberated me and allowed me to see that um, I was just sharing my own experiences and I truly had nothing to prove. Um, so if we kind of take this holistic approach to our social media, it doesn't become this thing that is just overwhelming and super annoying because let's just be real. Even if you only get 3% of the reach that, you know, you have on social media, it's still free marketing. There's so many negative articles out there about how you have to pay to play and how the algorithm and all this stuff. And it's like, I mean, yeah, it totally sucks, but it's still free marketing. So even if you just get one new client, one new engagement, one new follower, it doesn't matter. It's one more person that you're able to reach and influence. And that to me is worth it. Um, okay. So my emerging artist and also my cast artist tell me these three common excuses. In fact, typically in our first coaching or our first like project meeting, I always tell people, okay guys, so you're going to tell me these three things in the next four months as we plan out our content. And just so you know, I know you're going to say this and it's totally going to be fine. And let me walk you why this already isn't true. And then everybody like rolls their eyes or laughs and they're like, oh yeah, whatever. I'm never going to say this. And then by like the second or third week, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, but here's how I feel. So here are the first, uh, here, here are the three myths um, and common excuses that I get. So first of all, I don't have enough content. This is number one. Every time I tell someone, hey, let's plan out our social media, they're like, I don't know what to talk about. I'm not doing anything. I'm not performing. I'm not doing anything exciting. And I'm like, okay. The second one is I feel fake and sleazy. This is so gross. I hate self-promotion. It's just so, so common. And then the third one is nobody cares what I have to say. Okay, so let me go back and read them. The three most common excuses for social media are I don't have enough content. I feel fake and sleazy. And nobody cares what I have to say. So all of these statements are perfectly valid. However, there are feelings, not facts. So you guys heard from episode two how I'm just obsessed with facts and feelings because facts aren't feelings and feelings aren't facts. So if you don't know this, um, head on over to episode two and we have awesome show notes with a little chart that will kind of talk you through that. But basically, I want to help you guys get to a place where social media isn't this like nebulous thing, but it's actually a part of your job description because this first myth, you know, I don't have enough content. Okay. If you're living and breathing, you have content. Um, whether it's things you do in your daily life, a book you're reading, a rehearsal you're going to, some coffee date with a mentor. I mean, anything is content and you want to make sure that you share this with your audience because you want to have some sort of call to action or something that you are telling your following to do. And if you're kind of taking the focus away from you, but on serving others, this will absolutely make this content creation so much easier. And just understanding that everything that you're doing in your life is a part of what you're doing. And that is absolutely worth sharing. Um, the second myth is I feel fake and sleazy. So this again is a valid concern, especially if you're being untruthful. So one cautionary tale is whatever you put on the internet, whether it's a private setting, whether you have a private account, whether, you know, whatever becomes 
public knowledge, like no matter what, someone will always and forever find it. Um, in fact, if you Google yourself, the first thing to pop up is your Facebook. So you want to make sure that you're being truthful on social media. So as long as that's happening, don't worry about feeling fake and sleazy. Um, you have to practice talking about what you're doing and your accomplishments in a humble way. And it's really just a muscle you guys. So again, as a manager, an artist manager, I totally understand what it's like to promote and sell other people. So I will tell you that it is a thousand times easier to talk about, uh, for example, Jeremy Wilson and be like, oh my gosh, his new album and Vienna and Vanderbilt and be like, he's amazing. Um, then I think of like myself, like, hey guys, I have this workshop, like, hey, come, please sign up. And it's like literally the worst thing ever. So I totally understand um, how it must feel to just kind of self-promote. But I also will tell you that people want to know what you have to say, or people want to know what you are doing and they want to come to your shows. And um, I'm, I do a lot of project management and especially when it comes to albums, like you will be so surprised at how many people have no idea certain albums have dropped. And it's truly down to the marketing and the social media. So just practice a way to humbly share what you're doing. And if nothing else, just to invite people to your performances and to the things that you're doing. Okay, so myth number three. Nobody cares what I have to say. All right, so we're going to go back to facts and feeling because the truth is you have something to offer and nothing to prove. And as musicians, um, we never stop learning and improving. So if you're attaching your worth to a curtain title or position that you have, it's truly just not sustainable. So this is a place where you want to find a community of people and you want to find, you know, essentially your tribe um, of, you know, just core followers that like actually are invested in the things that you're saying. And the way this happens is by posting. (laughs) So you want to make sure that whatever you're posting, you know, you're just honest and transparent and, you know, at the end of the day, your following, your followers, your influence, all of that, it just tends up, it just ends up being like a number. So don't attach, you know, how you're doing in your career to the number of followers that you have. Um, and you know, as we talked about earlier, like Instagram platforms come and go. So it's not like Instagram will be here forever. Um, so if you're focusing on that platform and, you know, maybe it's not growing as fast as you like it to or whatever, just go back to basics and, um, be authentic and real. So, okay, now I'm going to give you just really quickly some tangible um, tips and tricks for how to post on your social media. So first of all, you want to plan your content in advance. Um, This is the area where everybody stresses out. Um, Either you don't want to plan it because you're being lazy or you feel like you have nothing to talk about or you just can't fathom, especially as musicians, because we have last minute gigs and things like that, you know, to have enough content ahead of time. I totally get that. So what I recommend is to have a monthly view of your calendar and just plug in either on a paper calendar or on, you know, Google, um, what is happening on those days and what you might be able to talk about. So, you know, think about, posting about three to five times a week and consistently. So you're able to see, okay, I'm going to post on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then the first week of the month, this, the second week, that, um, and just kind of have an idea of what's going on. It doesn't have to be verbatim. It is helpful if it is, but at first just, it's, it's all about having that 
muscle and just developing that discipline of posting. Because if we go back to basics, you know, it takes 21 days to form a habit and 90 days to create a movement. So if you are one of those that just does not post consistently, don't start and expect to post seven times a week and to love it. You have to start small. So I would say three to five times a week, planning your content in advance, even if it's just having an idea of what you're going to talk about. Um, so for example, for me, it's, you know, December, it's the holidays. I'm, I'm traveling every week this month and, you know, it's just crazy pants um, for everyone and everything's due and there's holiday concerts and, you know, just everything. Um, so it's really a matter of staying flexible. So I have, you know, quotes I can talk about. I have performances for my other clients that are coming up and I have, you know, these trips that I'm going to go do. So I have just kind of placeholders for what's happening. And then as time gets closer and I have a more defined um, idea of what's going to happen, then I'm able to just create my captions and post. I find that a lot of people don't post because they don't know what to say. So I would start with just give yourself some blueprints on what it is that you're going to post. The next thing is hashtags. So hashtags are one of those misunderstood aspects, especially of Instagram. Um, When hashtags are used correctly, they help to improve the reach by exposing content to new audiences as people search for specific keywords. So if you're trying to, um, for example, tap into another market by using hashtags that are commonly searched, you're able to kind of get in there. So for example, the growest, the growest, the fastest growing market is the boss babe market. So quotes that are, you know, boss babe and, um, made for more and vampire to inspire things like that will pop up, um, on the newsfeed higher than, um, you know, another like musician or horn or saxophone or whatever hashtag. Um, so in the show notes, I will actually put a, um, like a little workbook we created with hashtags for musicians. And I think this will be so helpful for you guys to just check out and see like in your niche of music, like (laughs) of the music industry, um, what hashtags make sense and just start playing around with them. I think the first thing with hashtags is developing a baseline. So just try a couple of hashtags and see what works and what doesn't work and then kind of start tweaking from there. Also, everything you post does not have to be music. So that's where you want to create a little hub for your hashtags. So you can have, um, for example, um, some of my emerging artists are like cat people. So there's like cat hashtags and they're also like cooks. So there's like food hashtags and, you know, just finding, you know, your voice and that diversity in your posting and have your own little section of hashtags where you don't have to like search for them every time, but they're just saved on like the notes on your phone. And then you can post that with your post. Um, and then consistency. I mean, that's really what anything in life boils down to. But I think especially with social media, like it's this little muscle that we have to work. And if you're posting consistently, whether it's three times, five times or seven times a week, um, as long as it's consistent, it's going to be just as effective. Um, I find that, you know, at first when I start working with my clients on marketing and I start explaining what social media actually does, um, you know, there's a lot of complaining with the numbers not growing fast enough or with the effort not matching, you know, the results. And like I said, it takes some time. It takes about three months, takes about 21 days to like form that muscle and to get a baseline. So just be patient, but know that, you know, whatever you're doing today, you're going to see the results in 90 days. Um, so that consistency in the beginning is just so important for you to establish that baseline, like I said, and to just get in immersed a little bit more in the social media um, culture and experience. Um, I will also say that it is something that 
becomes incredibly addicting. So you kind of want to set boundaries with it. Um, again, your worth doesn't come from that, but it's just a valuable resource that is for your business. So just keep that in mind as well. Um, as you're building your social media platform, as you're expanding your brand and just having clarity on things, but consistently posting will help. So just to recap, if you plan your content in advance, you're never going to run out of content or be emotional about it. Um, if you're utilizing hashtags, you're able to expand your reach, get more followers and tap into different markets. Make sure that all of your hashtags aren't just about one subject that we have music, um, you know, animals, life, nature, hobbies, anything that you want to talk about, and then just make sure that it's consistent. So we're not, you know, making false accusations of what the content is or if it's actually working. So even if your picture quality isn't the greatest or your video isn't what you want it to be yet, I think posting consistently will absolutely make a difference, not only for your following, but for your brand growth and influence. Okay. So that's all I have for today. As far as social media, um, I will be diving into more specific details. And I know a lot of you have asked me more specific questions. I just wanted to give a baseline for social media, and then we will get into the nitty gritty in future episodes. Um, so stay tuned for that. And our next episode, I'm super excited. I'm going to be interviewing interviewing Nick Lawfer, who not only is an amazing musician, rock star, coup of cast, but he's also my husband. So stay tuned for a kind of funny and slightly embarrassing episode um, coming soon. Mm-hmm.